Wall Podcast. I'm Dave Nine from my good buddies. Keith Duff and Alex Beltry. Now, guys, we have made it. The end of the 2021-2022 NBA season and the Golden State Warriors are the champions. How are you guys feeling about that statement? Honestly, I'm all right with it. There were various points throughout the season where I felt like they were the best team. And if I were to look back at this season, and sometimes I try to think as a champion, do they represent that you feel like is the best team? And I think I would have thought, honestly, I would have thought Phoenix would have been in this position. I'm going to keep it 100 with you guys. I would have thought it would have been Phoenix. But I'm okay with Golden State. Definitely okay with that. Well, I, I can't say I've ever viewed the Warriors as the best team in the league until about three days ago, just because I have a inherent bias that the uh, Miami Heat, you know, were the best team in the league. And I thought that they would, I honestly did think that they were going to have a good chance of winning the finals this year. Didn't work out that way. I agree with Elgin. I thought, I thought the Phoenix Suns are another team that just was a machine and that they could do it. Um, but we know the Warriors are good. We know Stephen Curry is incredible. And to be honest, like they, when they got a guy like Otto Porter this offseason, I know he wasn't like a perfect player, but he did shoot uh, 56 percent from three in the finals. And you know, ha- keeping guys like Kevin Looney around or Kevon Looney around, and then Andrew Wiggins becoming an All Star, which you know starter was a little stretched, but like I remember talking on the pod saying. Um, it's, it's a shame that he's a starter because it kind of makes a joke of how much better he's gotten and that he is in that conversation to be an all-star. But there he is being the second best player for this Warriors team in the finals. So I guess with all those things, like you can't be surprised. But I am disappointed because the Heat should be, have won the, the NBA finals. For, for, for me, this season was a really weird one um, in that, again, it, it, you looked at... Th- it's weird because we we've just gone through an entire whole entire stretch where like league parity, like if you go back a few years, parity is not really there, um, and the Warriors are winning all these titles or LeBron or something like that, and then uh, now it's like wow this is this year we have like the most parity that you know you could imagine it could be one of any six teams could win the finals and I could say yeah sure I guess and. Um, and ends up being the Warriors again anyway. So it's, it's a it's a really interesting and, and, and weird uh, thing. And, uh, I mean, the, the tough part is that Boston comes out of this, um, you know, uh, they come out defeated, but there, there's a little, I don't know, there's a little too much slander, uh, in my opinion, coming, coming across um, the, you know, coming, coming across, you know, Twitter, Discord, and other th- other things like that for uh, for that for that Boston Celtics team, and well, I don't want to spend tons of time on them today. It's it's like listen, they they fought through, and and they probably became their worst enemy. And you know, there's a couple of series that if they had taken care of business a little bit sooner, or, or hadn't let things slide, like they didn't have to get to a game seven, uh, they didn't have to get to uh, you know some of these things, but you know they couldn't hold, handle the ball and. Um, and that, that came, that came, uh, you know, to, to bite them down the stretch. Yeah, no doubt. Like this, this is definitely a team that like they handled their business incredibly well against Brooklyn. And then they kind of just, I mean, like I, I obviously still have my bias and I was very upset that they won a game five in general, but you know, it's how it went. But regardless, yeah, the, the, the bucks with down Chris Milton 
you know, you, you really should have been able to take care of business a little bit better. They only had Giannis. Like, they had a, not a very good three-point shooting team for the series. Like, some of those guys can have their time in the sun, but they didn't have it then. Yeah, like, bo- both the Heat series and the, the Buck series, when you had the opportunity to close in game six, at home, you should have done it. And they didn't. But... I, again, I I, th- I think you're right. We should focus on the Warriors, and I think it's time to talk about Stephen Curry specifically. Finals MVP, um, for all the people who were acting silly about him not having one of those, that's something that's actually important. That's, if you weren't, As long as you weren't joking, um, he's got it now. Finals MVP, Stephen Curry, uh, 31.2 points per game, six rebounds, five assists, two steals, so still having those active hands, but I blame that on the Celtics more than anything else. Um, guys, 43% from three, 48% from the field. Guys, just a ridiculous 62% true shooting. Guys, Stephen Curry has now cemented himself. He's already known as one of the best basketball players of all time. Like, how, how does this rate him when we're talking about, like, the Magic Johnsons, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, like, where, where's this putting him up in the pantheon now? I heard on the Dunked On podcast, they said he is the best guy to under, like, and they said 6'5", I think, to show some respect to Kobe, because I think he was 6'5", even though he was listed 6'6". But 6'5 and under, if Kobe's 6'6", is, is he the best player of all time in that category? And, you know. I mean, you're pretty much just looking at 6'5 and under, like you're looking at like an Isaiah Thomas, you're looking at like an Oscar Robertson, who's just six five right Dwayne there. Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, of course he he great. Dwayne Wade, I mean we gotta think about like Jerry West, who's like six four. And when you think about it, I mean I think not just looking at his accolades, but you gotta think about how he changed the game. I mean we we all think about how basketball was when he entered the league, just even when he entered the league, how basketball was compared to now. I feel like it's a different game. Like watching some of those games from like 2008, 2009, it feels like it's a completely different world. And even going back to the mid nineties, it's a different world back then. It's how revolutionized it. And I think the way that teams had a plan for it as well, that's one of the biggest things, just teams having a plan for him. I think you guys have seen many of the pictures and videos of pretty much Steph Curry crosses half court. He has to be picked up or when he's dribbling, you see already like three players surrounding him because they know that he's already a threat as soon as he steps over half court. So I think I would put him up there because right now I'm trying I'm trying to think like all the guys who are six five and under, like even like John Stockton who holds record for assists and steals. Someone made an argument though he might be the most overrated uh, all time great, and I was like that's very valid. That's very valid. And also, he's very big on anti-vaccine, so I you know, kind of throw him out the window. Just have to throw that out there. Go ahead, Richard. Listen, John, John Stockton doesn't deserve to be in this conversation um, because ever like that assist is juiced. Um, uh, it, it, it's it's no, it's real bad, it's real bad. Um, but the 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 point is that Steph Curry is and was before this already an all-time great. Right, already an all-time great, and uh, a lot of the it's weird because it's just what happens. Um, but you know, these articles coming out right afterward of Steph Curry 
he was this this number all time and now he's this number all time it's it's like okay guys like it's, it's a little bit much i if if you um needed to have this finals um uh, and, and kind of what happened there in order for you to say, all right, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and push him up. Like, I, I don't know. It just seems like you're um, stat watching rather than seeing how he how he handles and how, how, he, how he plays in, in this game and what he's done. Um, one of the things that's that was just hilarious uh, in the, um, you know, the last time he didn't win finals MVP when they gave it to, you know, Iguodala, even though LeBron James is still just, you know, yeah, he made it tough for him, but guess what? He's still getting all of his points. Like, hey, that's, that's the same thing that Wiggins was doing, right? Making it tough for um, for, for the Jays, and, and, you know, they still got some of their points, but you end up winning. But guess what? Steph Curry is the most important person, and he's unlocked um, so many other um, players uh, over the years for, uh, you know, for this it's it's uh i mean he's he's i don't want to i don't want to go in and, and and say kind of like where i have him ranked you know in in, in you know top 10 and, or which players i have him above um because it, we're just gonna start to start talking it's just gonna get it's just gonna go downhill from there all right mm -hmm. but like he he's he's in that realm he's he's in that realm no i think like um because people always talk about top 10, obviously, you're like, if you move this player into top 10, you got to remove this player, yada, yada. I think one way for me that's helped me sort through that is just looking at tiers. Like, you have to have tiers, and, like, it's okay to have, like, an all-time great tier and just be able to add guys to it without removing any guys from it. Like, there's some, like, there, for me, I feel like there's no need to keep saying, like, who do we need to bump out of this top? Like, I think... Other people may need to have their rankings of, like, I need to have one through 100. I need to have them ranked. But for me, I'm okay saying, like, here I have, like, an all-time tier. I have, like, a great tier. I have a superstar tier or, or a star tier and stuff like that. And for me, I feel like he's at all – I think we can all recognize he's an all-time great. Like, if you look back at these last two decades, if you think about the great players from the last two decades, I mean, he has to be included in it. And even, like, the last 10 years, I feel like – as far as most talked about players, either been Steph or I feel like it's been LeBron. I feel like those have been like the two players in the last decade. Yeah, I think if you kind of just set a an arbitrary marker of, let's say, 2010 when LeBron moves to Miami, I think there's been a clear three players who have kind of dominated the league at that point. And it's, it's LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Stephen Curry. And as much as we know LeBron James, um, great facilitator, all those kinds of things, incredible all-around player, Kevin Durant, I think one of the easiest buckets of all time just can score from everywhere. I'm looking specifically at this roster today with Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. I'm looking at the roster before with Harrison Barnes, um, guys like Andre Godal, who I think's careers were extended. I, I really just value what Stephen Curry does for all these players and making their lives so much easier. Like I look at Andre Godal and some of those dunks that he was still having in the, um, in the Kevin Durant years that, I just wonder if a guy, a guy like him had to like still try to be like, you know, that third best player, like, and really be a high usage guy on those. Third best players, if he gets ground up and churned out and done, 
I look at Draymond Green. We talked about a little bit pre-pod, who is an incredible defensive player, so good, and really does help unlock parts of the Warriors' offense with his ability to pass and know the game and get everyone in the right spots. Sometimes he's screaming at people to get out of Steph's way, and that's sometimes needed. But I look at how, without Stephen Curry, Draymond Green is going to have a lot harder time helping you know a lesser guy like let's say he gets paired with a, a, a modern Gilbert Arenas and Gilbert Arenas doesn't do the off-ball stuff or he gets paired with Dame and Dame doesn't do as much off-ball stuff Trey Young doesn't do as much off-ball stuff like those two there's a symbiotic relationship with those players that really like brought it all together into fruition and then Clay Thompson perfect example of a guy with an incredible career so far great shooter like best shooting backcourt of all time Clay Thompson without a Stephen Curry to like do a lot of the facilitating. Like if he's paired with a, more of like a Patrick Beverly type guard who can't really set everyone else up, can't really get the offense moving, can't draw some attention. Maybe Clay Thompson has a completely different career path of like a two dribble mid range guy, like just trying to shoot over the top people instead of having all these open threes or off movement threes. That guy's the hub of it all. Also, Andrew Wiggins coming to All-Star, but like that's as simple as I need to make that one. That guy's the hub of it all, and it's, it's really incredible what he's done for his career and what he's done for basketball in the positive lights. I don't really like that Trey Young tries to be Stephen Curry because I think that's not very good for basketball, but he's the guy. But even, but even still, if Trey Young's trying to be Stephen Curry, it's only in its on-ball uh... – it's only in the on-ball ways, not in the off-ball ways. And that, that, that's where Steph Curry ends up being inc- incredibly, uh, an entirely different breed. It, it's the it's the full realization of that plus all of the stuff that, like, you know, Reggie Miller used to do off-ball or, or, or Rip Hamilton, except Rip Hamilton was you know, focused in the mid-range, right? And so, like, it's, it's the I'm running a marathon and it, he's doing that all day, every day. And... Uh, what he's added is extra strength for finishing at the rim this year. That was that was the one thing that looked a little bit different, um, where he he was able to. Um, uh, I think that was a, a kind of a point of emphasis, saying, "Hey, going into kind of this later phase of my career, I, I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to to absorb contact. It's almost like the you know as bigs get older, they need to get smaller and slimmer and." He almost like he kind of took like the opposite approach there um, on, on the smaller side of the spectrum. And here's the beautiful thing. He's not done yet, right? There's there's still time. And there's been a lot of discussion. And I, part of me still thinks like the Warriors made a mistake still of saying, you know what? We should go out like and, and, and just get that one extra piece because it did feel like they had some holes. Um, still, where it's like, hey, you could have turned these young guys into, um, you know, you could have turned them into a player that could have helped you down the stretch. And it feels like they got away with it a little bit, but guess what? This was the, this was that year. Like, no team. Uh, We said, like, there were, I said there were, like, six teams that'd be saying, yep, they could, they could win the finals. None of those teams have, um, were incredibly, totally, fully complete teams. They all had holes in them. And that's kind of a weird thing going into this. It's, it's like, is this a weird anomaly year? Or are we kind of in a new era in that way? And if, if we're in a new era, guess what? The the Warriors 
maybe, maybe, you know what, they can still hang it around, even though they're paying a million dollars. Um, I should say a billion dollars, uh, rather, <laughs> get, get, get my uh, scale right, a billion dollars in luxury tax money, so. Yeah, you look at it. The, the the Warriors had a guy like Curry, a guy like Jordan Poole. Um, honestly, like the backups. Like if you had to play someone other than their main rotation, like you did not have defensive personnel. But the guys who they did play and then they added to their minute load, those guys had it really good. Like Draymond Green, great defense player. Clay Thompson like stays in the right places getting toasted every once in a while in one-on-one scenarios, but good team defender still Andrew Wiggins. My goodness. Like that was what people always said. He was like going to be a great defensive player and offense was probably going to come. And it just kind of flipped for most of his career in the NBA, always pretty good on ball, but like often lost off ball. And I think that this team just brought that out of him, but you're right. Like the heat couldn't play the, they played offensive players or they played defensive players. They couldn't do both. The Celtics can't dribble. They, none of them can dribble. <laughs> the uh, the Mavericks, it's too Luka-centric. Everyone, no one can stay hot when you don't touch the ball most of the game. The Suns, clearly a, a tier below. Like this three-point shooter is not quite good enough. He's also not quite good enough a defender. Everyone's good. No one's great. Um, that kind of thing. Like everyone had a problem. And the and when you're talking about okay, well everyone has a problem. So who's the best player? And the best player that's not named Giannis Antetokounmpo, and honestly, maybe even that's still in consideration, is Steph Curry. Because LeBron, LeBron's old, and he's also not in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one, one more thing I just want to like shout out is Gary Payton II. I don't know if we've mentioned him yet, but shout out to him for coming back. Uh, and even in a situation where like you looked and you saw, hey, since Clay cannot really defend like point guards anymore like who do you have for that now and the answer was Gary Payton the second they didn't really have to like fully utilize him or have him be fully realized because they really didn't face any like outside of Ja which you know that that whole series and it ended how it did like they didn't really have the need and I guess it started the way it did for Gary Payton with it with, with, with his elbow like, they didn't, like, they had him and didn't have to, f- like, fully break glass in case of an emergency. But they didn't really have that situation. He still was incredibly helpful, I think, um, being able to play up and guard up um, on, on Jalen Brown. And, and so, so you, you were able to, to kind of do that while getting people rest. But uh, that's one thing that we really didn't see. Like, we didn't see the... Um, the you know, Phoenix Suns, Golden State Warriors, that everyone thought that, that we were going to see, right? And instead you see Luka, and all right, well, we got the bodies to deal with that, uh, even even if Luka's going to be great. So um, the question that I have is, will this team be able to, you know, will they be able to hang on to everybody? Uh, you're going to, you're already paying through the nose in the, in the tax. You got to make some decisions on, Looney, but it's it, the way that it is with you being a repeater tax is it gets more expensive the bigger your bill gets, and they've got a massive, massive bill. Like a $5 million Looney decision, even though Looney gets $5 million, it could cost the Golden State Warriors upwards of like $40 million for, for that type of investment. Um, and you got to figure that out. Gary Payton II, uh, you've got to, I think... 
who knows? Maybe Iguodala will make, will make things easy, you know, easy for them by just going into retirement. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But you've got these um, other guys. Not to mention, you'll have to make a decision on Jordan Poole eventually. Um, but just going into next year and, and retaining everyone, it's going to cost a lot of money. And the rumors have already been out there about, hey, will Carey Payton the second go go here? Will Kwan Looney? Uh, go and, and you know follow Mike Brown over to uh, um, you know the Sacramento Kings, um, but I don't know. It, it, we'll have to see how 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 deep um, the the Warriors uh, pockets continue will, will continue to be. Yeah, and I think I think with especially with this whole season of playoff revenue, I think that they'll be pretty pretty willing to spend. I look at guys like. Um, James Wiseman as a theoretical cap casualty, trading him off for a smaller salaried player or, you know, having him be a package for a better player, you know, but I, I feel like Looney, Looney has been pretty important to their, to their success. But if he gets, if he's going to get more than, you know, <laughs> whatever they're allowed to pay him, it's, he he's he should be on the move because he's he's proven himself that he, like, he's got his body to the point where he's a, like a couple years ago I was like oh man this this 24 year old can't move he's he looks like me out there in, in the NBA sense <laughs> but uh yeah he uh if he if he's gonna get upwards of 10 million dollars I don't know how the Warriors could uh think about retaining him but like Andre Adal is nothing he can retire he can play at the minimum that's all like his 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 vet minimum being higher doesn't hurt them because it's it's covered by the players union not 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 i mean you're still having yes but like you're still having to pay tax i I don't i don't think that tax gets calculated the same way though because that's part of the whole why they have a this covering the minimums so you don't just have a bunch of guys no but like the, the idea with the minimums is like hey it costs the minimum toward the cap you pay him like three, two to three million dollars. So, so uh-huh. like he gets that much money, but that minimum salary is still like that one point, whatever. Like multiply that number by if depending on where you are, times five. So it's a five. You know, it actually yeah. ends up costing more, but, which is but, not the way the minimum is supposed to operate. But the point I was, was making is, it's not the two point six million for his like ten plus year vet minimum. Is the point I'm making. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Gary Payton definitely is on the way out. I think he'll find a, a nice, another point guard to get paired up with. Honestly, the biggest thing I'm upset about with Gary Payton, the second is that the Blazers had this man in house and couldn't figure it out in terms of having him paired with Damian Lillard. If you're going to play small guards together, that's, that's the thing that makes me the most upset about him. No answers. Hey, the, the Warriors winning as much as they are. Kenny, causing Kenny Atkinson to uh, go back on his deal with with the great Michael Jordan. Look, look Michael Jordan in the face and said, "You know what? I'm good. I'm heading back." Yeah, that is kind of dramatic, isn't it? Yep. I forgot Mike Brown got hired by the Kings, so I was like, when they said lead assistant to the Warriors, I was like, what happened to Mike Brown? <laughs> but he went to the Kings, so like, of course I forgot. Yeah, try, try, try to steal the loon over there with him. Let me. Let me ask you guys. I actually feel kind of comfortable wrapping up our finals because we've we've 
we've told the Warriors how good they are, and I think the Celtics, we can worry about their problems come next offseason outlooks. Um, what about this Christian Wood trade? Ah. <sighs> I mean, well, ahead, I mean, Elkin. yes, please. I think I think the only thing I look at it like Dallas didn't give up a lot. I mean, you're looking at a Dallas point of view. They didn't give up any important things, but then you're like, how much of a positive impact will this have on Dallas? I don't know. For me, Christian Wood, he's a solid player. He puts up, you know, he gets his averages, but it doesn't move the needle for me that much. That That's where I stand with it right now. Like, I didn't, they didn't really lose any assets that were of importance, but it doesn't move the needle that much for me. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, now they have Christian Wood. That's all they need. They're going to the finals. That's where, I, that's where I'm standing right now. For for me, as I look through this trade, like good on the um, on the Mavericks for for recognizing at least at the start that you know they, they don't get to just fast forward and get back to that spot for free. Like they can't just run it back and and say, oh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll be there next year, right? That's not assumed. You saw how that went with Atlanta. And, you know, you, you can't just make that assumption. And so knowing, all right, we got to go out and do something. And like you, like you said, it was basically the cost was free. Um, it, you know, it's a bunch of players who were uh, in their warmups all postseason long, uh, plus the 27th pick, I believe, um, or 26th pick, maybe. I think Miami has a 27th pick, so it just snuck right ahead of Miami uh, in, in, in that. Uh but uh, this trade will happen after the draft because uh, it, it legally has to um, with the Mavs owing their 23rd um, uh, pick um, going out. Uh, but I, I just look at it and I think to myself, you know what? If there was a situation where Christian Wood is going to work out um, to be as successful as Christian Wood thinks he should be, it's probably in a situation like Dallas. Um and, you know, you, you still have, I was, when, when the trade came through, I was like, man, I think I have to include Dwight Powell. Um, like I thought he would, ha- he would be one of the people going away in that. Are they going to have to, but they don't, have, they didn't include Powell, uh, nor Bertans, you know, n- nor, nor Max Kleber. Um, so they were able to retain most of their main guys and just add him, add him in there. Now, now the question that I begin to think about, is like, all right, well, I've seen a lot of ooh, the Dallas Mavericks might want to go in and um, uh, bring in. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh, might want to bring in Goran Dragic. Oh, why do they want to do that? Is that because they're going to be uh, allowing Brunson to just go to New York or whatever? Wherever? I, I don't. So I just, as long as this is a thing where they're adding Christian Wood in there and they're not losing their key pieces. I could see this being a benefit. This doesn't put this doesn't get them into the finals or or help them win a championship. I don't think so. Um, uh, but you know, this does help them. I think um, maintain uh, and 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 push forward in, 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 into next year, where, where the West is going to be even more difficult. Yeah, my my opinion on on the trade is it's it's a very I think it's a very smart I think it's a very good trade it's a good usage of that salary number. I'm looking at the Mavericks uh, payroll from this year, just kind of like and then looking into the second 
thing. So they basically got they got Tim like Tim Hardaway who's making you know almost twenty million. You got Dimwitty and Berton eighteen and sixteen. Pal at eleven. Lucas Max kicks in next year. Um, Bullock at ten. Kleba at nine. Finney Smith at twelve. And then you're gonna have Christian Book uh, Christian Wood at about fourteen. I'm looking at all those different salary numbers and thinking, man, if there's a disgruntled guy out there, there might be the right just amount of pieces to go grab someone. Like, I don't know who that person is. Like, we, we, can, uh, we could speculate and waste a bunch of time. We're not going to do that right now. Point being, they have a bunch of those milling-numbered salaries. If, um, if Mark Cuban is down to clown, he should – Resign Jalen Brunson. If not only perfect example of this guy's doesn't have to be the max, but when they Warriors were losing Kevin Durant, they said, "Okay, we'll take D'Angelo Russell back," and they just preserved that salary slot to keep that level of spending. I don't know if you can do that. Um, I guess it just depends. It depends where he wants to go. Like if Jalen Brunson wants to go to Detroit, stuff. No, no, I'm not talking about doing a sign-in trade specifically with Jalen Brunson. I say, oh. like, he wanted to leave the, like, Kevin Durant wanted to leave the Warriors, and the Nets needed some help as well, like, to make it all work well for them. And so they took back D'Angelo Russell. In this scenario, Jalen Brunson's already a good fit, and he might, I don't know if he's necessarily just wanting to leave. Thus, you should be willing to pay him whatever he gets offered to keep him and if for whatever reason you have to trade him later, you have this. Like they should be, Mark Cuban should be willing to keep as much money on his books as possible to give him as much flexibility to give more good players to Luka Doncic. That's the bigger point I was making. They should keep him if if he wants to stay, regardless. But if at all possible, yeah, keep that man, and or something to just keep that number there to be able to. Keep the flexibility, because uh, if you're, you you can't just keep going over the cap if you're not already there. Oh, they're already over the tax as is without. Right. Um, yeah, they're 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 already there. The um, but but like like you said, you don't have to pay the tax until the end of next year. Like there are still teams that can dodge the tax as we speak, if there's a cap space team out there who's willing to absorb that money in before the new league year turns over. There are ways there, there's ways to make it happen. Yeah. And so hundred percent, but that that's just Christian Wood's salary piece. The, the fit I like about Christian Wood as a player is I think he's a great, you know, I, we only saw him with James Harden for a very brief amount of time, but my goodness, he was effective with James Harden in Houston. And I think that can be duplicated, replicated, and reintroduced with Luka Doncic if those two are able to get on the same same wavelength. And then to feed the man's ego, when if Luka doesn't play, he gives them a guy who can really help keep an offense moving. Defensively, there's a lot to work on. He's tall, so like he can be a little bit of a deterrent, but I think he'll mainly be a foul foul problem if he stays at the rim all the time but also there's maxi kleba and there's dwight powell like i think you have a really good proper big rotation where you can mix and match and get the right matchups on the court for you but i definitely i definitely like this move for them and i really think like him and dimwitty him and 
hopefully Jalen Brunson can really keep that offense afloat when even Luka sits. And I, I think Luka and him can have very similar to him and James Harden's 10 to 15 game run um, before he forced his way to Brooklyn. I feel great about this. If they, if they retain everyone, I'm great. Hopefully the defensive end, uh, you know, they can figure that out too, but they did a good job this year with that. So guys, NBA draft is upcoming. Oh yes. Very prepared. It's going to, it's going up on Thursday, and historically, the Hero Podcast has been on the ball. Uh, some years, even more so, like like just deep, deep into the weeds. Fellas, we uh, avoided the weeds altogether. We just let them grow, and we just uh, sat inside our uh, our you know our homes and and said we're just gonna let that do its thing. Uh, did didn't get too involved and and just kind of let nature take over. Um, fellas, we are unprepared. <laughs> We are some U.S. Open level rough on the draft right now. We are not here to uh, tell you that we know something. Bunch I'll of fescue out here. <laughs> the only thing that I will comment is I am praying for Richard and praying for the Pistons and hoping, unfortunately for Jaden Ivey, <laughs> that he falls to number five. I really want to see Cade and Jaden together. I think that's just a beautiful pairing. Jaden's one of the only people in this draft I have a, a strong opinion on, and I think he is. I think he is on his way for good things um, once he makes the league. Um, my take on the Pistons, and what we'll ask, we'll ask Elkin this is his take on the on the Pacers. Because here's the thing: as we're saying all this, Elkin's like, oh man, you know, I would like Jaden Ivey. <laughs> like he's like he's like thinking to himself, do I got to trade up to? To, to Sacramento to make it happen. Um, uh, my take is the Pistons leave with one of Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, or Ben Matherin, and that's it. Unless the Pistons trade Jeremy Grant for seven somehow. I think that's a little bit rich. Um, and you guys never responded to my uh, my three-team trade uh, with, with Oklahoma City. I sent it in the group chat. No one responded. I, I asked, am I mad? And uh, you know, no one, no one, no one made it happen. But don't worry, I saw, I saw, I just didn't respond. That's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I expect to uh, leave with one of those three at least. If you get extra lucky and you decide to get seven, uh, or or if Portland decides to spend, I think it's just a little too rich for Portland to, to give seven for Jeremy Grant alone. Um, so so, just so the listeners know what the group chat was basically. The Portland Trailblazers get Lou Dort and Jeremy Grant for seven. Uh, and then the Pistons uh, get, they keep their five. They get 12 uh, from OKC. And then OKC also sends D- Detroit their super protected um, first future first rounder back as well. So Pistons at five and 12. I have no idea. Give me Mark, uh, give me Mark had, Williams at 12. You had the know. Pistons moving down to seven. Oh, Oh, that, okay. Not not even five. That that, that was the tax. That okay. So it Ben Matherin, Ben Matherin at seven. Um. That's that's what it was. And then you know, give me uh, Mark Williams. Jeremy Sohan's probably gone. AJ Griffin. I don't know. I don't know who I want at twelve. If that happens, I'm just in for, I'm just in for the ride. The uh, the only other, the only other trade I've been thinking about with the Pistons specifically is that they end up taking Eric Bledsoe in that deal 
to help the so the Blazers have that much more space where they don't they don't have to be the ones to cut him. But then that that fully guarantees his deal instead of it being partially guaranteed. So that's the only other thing I've been thinking of, like kicking around in my head is, is there a team out there for the Blazers that would be okay to take on that space? Like theoretically, OKC, because they don't care about the, the money. Well, I mean, they do next year. Next year, they're actually, OKC is in a problem uh, uh, financially next year. They're okay the year after, but they end up being in a little bit of a, it's just the overlap of a bunch of things. They, they have roster space crunches and um, they end up having, yeah, so, some issues. Um, I bet that's that's well, the discussion well, maybe, right, maybe right maybe now. Maybe they could send Derek Detroit. Favors. Maybe they could send Derek Favors back the the Blazers way, and that that's how the Blazers get their backup big by guaranteeing five more million dollars total, but still sending out more money to the uh, OKC there. Could be. I'll, I'll bet you that's the, the the Pistons are like, whoa, whoa, hold on, why can't we just make this trade? Um, with with the trade exception that you have, that just is a is a Jeremy Grant size trade exception. Portland, just give us seven, and you take just take Jeremy Grant, and they're probably like, well, hold on a second there. Why don't you just take uh, one Eric Bledsoe, and um, that's probably where where we are, where we're at currently. So that, that probably is the exact conversation that they're having. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alkin, let's assume, let's assume for a moment that. Uh, you know, the, the top the top four are off the board. Jabari, Chet, Paolo, Jaden Ivey. Let's say the Pistons go Keegan Murray because that they, 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 that's what they want to do. And you're at six. How sad are you that both Indiana boys um, are out of there uh, and unavailable? Honestly, I'd be pretty bummed out. Like, knowing... Knowing the Pacers are probably like angling for Jaden Ivey and probably throwing a bunch of packages at, over over the Kingsway, seeing if the Kings will buy anything. But I think at this point, I'm just like, let's just hope we get someone that I'm like, all right, they're going to become a solid player. Because I know it's possible outside of the top five to get quality players in the draft. I mean, the Pacers drafted Paul George. I believe like number number ten, somewhere like that. He he became a MVP candidate type of player, eventually. So I know it's possible, but I think this is a draft though that you wanted to land in the top three, like, top five. Would be realistic. Top five, which I mean, top four. Okay, top four. Yeah, four. I'm trying. I'm trying to convince myself five, but really it's four. I, I feel like with Ivy, that's pretty much it. Where it stops. With Ivy, you're kind of just like. That's it. And then after that, it's just more convincing. And if anything, I've already seen a lot of reports of the Pacers being enamored with A.J. Griffin. Oh, I'm yeah. preparing myself. At that, at, ooh, at six, ooh. Yeah, I'm preparing myself for that, guys. Like, I'm preparing myself. At least he's Let's young. be clear. He's young. Kind of built like a tank. Um, foot, like, I don't know. I, I don't love the way the shot looks, but, man, the shot goes in. I'll say that uh, with A.J. Griffin. Hey. I mean, you had Jaron Jackson. We saw we saw that shot. But, like, I'm trying – because I don't think there's any way that these top teams – let's just say, like, something happens where Jaden Ivey falls to the Pistons. Because I know if Jaden Ivey's available, you guys are going to take him, Richard. I feel like that's going to be, like, a no-brainer for the Pistons at that point. Or, or do you think they're going to go Keegan Murray still? There's been a lot of discussion. Um 
I think there's no way Jaden Ivey, like, I think that there's no way he falls, but our beat writers are like, oh, you know what, let's, they, they pose the question of, let's say that the Kings can't find a trade offer that they want or feel comfortable with, and they just say, you know what, let's go Keegan Murray because he's the most ready right now, and we're the Kings, and we want to, you know, do our thing. There's, beat writers who say, you know what, Jaden Ivey falls to five, and then the Pistons say, you know what? Bad math, let's go. Like, there, there, there's there's that possibility, which I'm okay with. It's highly unlikely. I feel I feel like it's highly unlikely. Like, I just I just think it's highly unlikely that he's gonna fall past four. Like I I think that's yeah. that's the thing where the king but, the kings themselves have to know. I mean the the kings the kings will the kings will kings. That's one thing we can guarantee. They will. There is a chance. There is a chance that they might be like, oh, we thought about this too much. We're going to go with Keegan Murray. We just over overthought it. Instead of getting the best player available, we're going to go with this guy. I guess. I, I guess if you're the Kings, you're you're think you're probably thinking to yourself, we either want Ivy or Murray. And if we were to trade back with the Pacers. And let's say it's Duarte and the sixth pick. I don't know if that if that does it, but like I'm sure that's. I mean, I've heard those discussions. It's like, are you confident that the Pistons aren't just going to take Murray if you allow the Pacers to go up and, and take Ivy? Probably not. And then, and if you're the Kings sitting there at six, well, where in the world do you go after that? I, I don't know. I, I it's I'm a little bit un, uncertain. Let me say so. I don't. Know. We, we got. We got to wait. The Kings will be the. Uh, will, be, will be the. Obviously, the the fulcrum where everything happens. Um, I think. Yeah. Kind of see if they're going to be a trade. Are they going to trade or not? If they pick, I think the rest of the dominoes kind of just fall at that point. Yeah. Man. I. I'm. I'm. I'm ready for this, Ethan. You also have a pick. Let me just say that. Uh, you have a, the twenty seventh pick in the draft. Uh, you don't think that you'll actually be using it. But in case you do, um, let me give you a few names, all right? Just a few names for you to okay. be ready for. Um, number one, uh, Christian Braun. Brown. I think it's Brown. Sorry, Brown. Spelled why, Braun, though. Why are, we, why, are we drafting a, why are we drafting him? Why are you drafting him? You're drafting him because he's a six foot seven uh, wing in the mold of... Uh, uh, Laker, Laker greats, um, uh, Alex Crusoe and, and Austin Reeves. Um, he can shoot the ball well and he can defend. Okay. I see him. I see him mocked down in the second round though. Uh, I mean that that's, uh, are you, are you on tankathon? Yeah. 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 Tank, tankathon doesn't know, doesn't know what they're doing. So, okay. uh, get him out of there. Uh, so, so, so that, that's one, that's one there. Um, uh, what other type of player do you, do you, do you like? I, um, based just wings. I, I want people who are tall. Okay. That's all I want. All right. Uh, we also want them to be able to jump. So no Patrick Baldwin Jr. Man had the, 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 the worst vertical jump you ever seen in your life. <laughs> not even, not even sure he cleared 20, um, which is r- ridiculous. So listen, I can't um, I can't act like I know anything about these players. Like I just see Dale and Terry's a shooting guard point guard that's six seven. I'm like, that looks fun. 
Yeah, he he's uh Nikoi Jovich. Why not? Maybe maybe we can have a typo error and we end up with Nikola Jokic. I, I don't know if that's how that works. Uh, Jake Laravia, people will be liking him. I'll just say that. Cool. Um, that's it. I, uh, I heard Kendall Brown's a real gamer. He's just old. There's, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who else is there. You're right. You're probably trading the pick. I I, I think for the most part that pick with a Tyler Hero or with a Kyle Lowry. And then also probably some other things in the future. We're looking at, you know, there's been just a lot of rumors about these, you know, quote unquote disgruntled guards like Donovan Mitchell, like um, Zach Levine, and those type of guys. And I, I, I put stock in those now. I, I, when, when the first rumors came out about the Heat getting Jimmy Butler, I was like, yeah, but no, how? How is this possible? And then, like it, it all came together with you know a bad organization in the 76ers thinking that Jimmy Butler was uh, not good anymore. And to be honest, I remember when that trade happened. I was like, I don't know if this does it for me in general. Like, I don't know if Jimmy's good enough to help this team get over the hump. And then we you know went to the finals and and lost to the Celtics this year, a game away from the finals with Jimmy taking that that one shot to win it all, right, or to tie it up. However, that was, was going to be to take a one point lead. That's right, because I was upset about that. Um, anyway, I think the Heat are looking for someone to also help Jimmy make make his life easier on the offensive end, especially if Bam is not willing to do so. But I'd really like to see Bam be willing to do so. Yeah, in, in news, Bradley oh, okay. Beal says, I know where I'm playing next year. But I won't say. He's probably playing for the Wizards because he 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 does he doesn't know how to appreciate John Wall. See if 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 he goes and plays anywhere else, and it's kind of like tampering because how how would you know where you're going to play before the new league? Anyways, it's okay. He could he could have that all worked out with his because uh, he's he's under contract, so he could have it all worked out. Put players can talk teams can talk about where they're trading players all, all season, right? Regardless, um, I don't really want Bradley Beal because he doesn't like John Wall, and I love John Wall. I hope John Wall gets bought out and plays for the Heat. That's what I hope. If I had it my way, I'd get Zach Levine in the in some trade somehow. Whoa. And then... That, that, that's how that went. <laughs> I'm just saying. that's That'd be what I want. I'm not saying that's possible, but I'd want Zach Levine, but... As soon as he got traded for Jimmy Butler, that's how long I've wanted Zach Levine. Um, I would like Zach Levine, a buyout of John Wall, and have John Wall. That's what I would like. That's that's the offseason I want to see for the Heat. If, if that means losing Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Kyle Lowry, that's all fine. Send them all away. I don't care. All those players, while I like them all to some degree, like I like how good of a player Kyle Lowry can be. I hate his antics. Tired of watch it. Tyler Hero, I, I really enjoy watching him play offensively, but defensively he stressed me out. And Duncan Robinson, I'm tired of your imposter syndrome. Figure it out. You're a great NBA shooter. Just be that. Stop acting like you don't belong. Be like Max Struess. One thing is certain, that uh, come Thursday, Elkin and I are going to talk ourselves into whoever we pick, and uh, Ethan's probably going to be grumpy. That's, that's how that's going to go, I think. I'm, all, I'm always grumpy. 
<laughs> That's a secret.